And I see you said, I don't have the finances, I don't have the way. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, be just like that. It comes and it opens. Oh, yeah, oh, man, I, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yo. Oh, oh, yeah, the double And I'm 
I, I have you on the shore Not many days. He's just gonna take the girl somewhere. Oh my God! Yeah, you don't put the eye on Zuma. I 
，请你看家后面去做工，是呀，这叫好好，好一点去去工作嘞。But Jason Cherry just like that. Oh, when he spoke to you about Africa, he's going to do it about this trip. I don't know if it's out of country or if it's in the States, I don't know. There's a place that I do want to take thee. Guama. She comes on that the more I can put you on a big deal. But there's some things that you're going to have to let go with the past year. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, 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 so many things you've been around. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've been working this whole time. Yeah. 
今日今日怎样？小老师今日苦死，苦完大。只要我们让他吃苦，苦可以解决，他就不。Oh, you want to press for him? Just a little. Apostle John has got up and ministered many times about many doors open in my father's house. Oh. I see a door opening, one right after another, to open up your understanding. In my kingdom, but it's going to take a walk. Oh, I bet you've never been down before. Yeah, I have. Oh, 
Straight and narrow path, my son. Broad is a way, but my path is straight and narrow. No leaning to the right, no leaning to the left. Sometimes that path's going to get very narrow because you don't feel all alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I can't wish that as you continue to press. For this kingdom to be what opened up to you. I'm telling you, the light in that path is going to draw brighter and brighter. And that path is going to draw greater and greater for you. Oh, but for a while, it's going to be straight and narrow. Do you hear me? Oh, oh, God. In your flesh, and don't tell you it's going to be a rough walk.
much pain and anguish. You're so, so, no, so. Even though in myself, 
Just like that. Just like that. I see on your knees where you was in anguish and crying and upset. Crying out. Just like that. There was a peace and a confidence. Just like that. I mean, just like that. But I tell you, the walk to get to that place is going to be a hard walk. It's going to be a rough walk. What's so easy? What you're used to? What you've known? Take hold of the kingdom. For his wisdom, his knowledge to come forth out of you. Jesus had to make a choice. Where I, I mean, it's just like I, I can see. I, I can see Jesus there, just anguishing over and crying. And I saw you on your knees, crying out to Him. It was just that hard of a decision for you to make. Just as Jesus said, 
just like that as he was pressing. Put your stuff up, but this wasn't. She just turned around 
which had a footer stuff, so might be like that little plane that we built in Africa, I guess, mm-hmm. when we went from Nairobi to Kisimu. It was just a small, but it wasn't that big. It still wasn't that big. I saw her on that plane putting stuff in there. And la- I mean, laughing. I, I just saw the smile. I saw the smiles on your face. How we joked when we got on the plane and we was cutting it. That's how it was. I saw. I saw that laugh. I saw you take that laugh. And you told us, told you said something. You took that laugh and you put your purse up there on top. But it was a very, it was a small compartment that you put in, and it wasn't so big, but like we did. I want to remind you, at the beginning of this, he spoke great calamities coming. Man, when I was praying, I tell, I'm telling you, I saw lights. I can't, I, I want to say it was an explosion because it was just black smoke coming up. But I also saw clouds up there. So I can't change it was a plane. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I hear I, well, me and Lord had to talk later about that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I just killed the eye of that calamity, calamity, calamity. up here telling you as he was speaking I'm trying to figure out what he's saying what he's doing Tell you what I felt. Or he said, I, this is what I felt to look to the right, to look to the left, but someone might not be here much longer. Okay, that's why I. Oh God. I don't know who that means. I'm telling you, there'll be some people not here next year about this time. It doesn't mean the one that you think. I'm telling you. <coughs> he always minds me when he shows me that. I'm just saying. There's people we know who are sick. There's people who know had illness. I'm just. And your mind goes in there about telling me every time he does that. <laughs> and then I now to I and he checks me on it. That's not what he's talking about. So tell me. There's times he shows me people's faces and I know it's coming in. I just I I know this. It's not a time to put your feet in mud. 
might not like everything that happens here on earth. You might not like how everything goes on. But that's not up to you. If he has placed you in a place, in a calling, no matter what, many times we might go talk, well, we're like, let's just go back to home. Tell me, Sister Kathy, many times, it's just how it is. I, I, you want to see growth? You want to see maturity out of people? You want to see your church filled? You want to see that the Lord, every time Pastor, he he goes back and he reminds me, I told you, it does not matter how many people's here. Did not matter what. Don't it don't matter. It did not matter who come in, who don't come in. I don't as that goes out. It doesn't matter. If I put you here, yes. and until I tell you to leave, you stay there. Yes. And that's why I ain't that that's a cat out I ain't I look on T. It ain't an easy walk. It is not. It is hard. I understand a lot of the a lot of that goes on in your mind. It's the same things, same thoughts that we have I'm telling you. Because you want to see a growth. You want to see uh, you want to see new people because that helps encourage you that you're doing something right. You're thinking, well, what am I doing wrong? There's no way coming. It's just the truth. That's what what goes on in our mind. We don't. I mean, I'm telling you, we, if you don't see something change, you don't see something. You're like, Lord, what are we doing? I, I mean, how much more work can be taught? How much more can we do here? I mean, you know, I mean, so much word, so much wisdom that has been brought forth out of this pulpit. And we say, and I, we talk about how much more. How many more services do we have to get up? And, I, and yes, we're doing what you're telling us to do, but how much more do they have to have? What is it going to take? And I'm just being honest with you. But the Lord said, it don't matter. Yes, He wants you to mature. He wants you to grow. Yes, He and there's a time that He He, kept, he told us there's a time He would bring people in, and I have to go back. I, Kathy, I have to go back and say, Lord, but you said, Amen. you said, yes. this is what was going to happen. This is why we was here. I'm going to tell you, the people's going to disappoint you. Nothing against anybody in here that goes to church here. I love y'all and y'all know, but I'm going to tell you, they're going to disappoint you. They're not going to do everything you're asking them to do. And it hurts. It makes, it makes you feel like you have failed, that you are not doing everything right. But I'm telling you, you only have to answer to the Lord. It doesn't matter what they do or don't do. You can't make them. You can't. As much as you want to draw them a lot, you want to pull them along. Well, you want them to grow. You want them to mature. You want them to take up for You want to take part in the service. You can't make them. But you have to do what the Lord tells you to do. 
And I don't care if it's just you and Pop. I don't care if it's only you and him. You go in there and you have service. No yeah. matter what. No matter what. And tell me, Kay, no matter what. Because it's up to him to do that work in each individual one. I tell me, and he, I, I am so proud of the people here while we was going to Africa. That they have stood and took place yes. and they took part of these services. Yes. I am, I am proud of y'all. That they took a part, that they took that load off of us. Yes. And we did not have to worry while we was gone. But I'm going to tell you before that, a little while back, I said, we didn't know. We, we debated, we got, what do we do, who do we get, what do we get, I that's what we aim. Even though the Lord speaks to you and He gives you, He you know things and people who are supposed to do certain things, but still they've got to take that step. And it's up to them. If they don't take that step, it ain't on you. You have to present it. You have to do what the Lord tells you to do. Speak what He tells you to speak. And that's all. You can't, you can't, you can't pull them. You can't drag them. Mm-hmm. There's people he wants to raise up there, but if they make that choice not to do it, that's their choice. And you know what? What he said, he's going to raise up someone else. Amen. And someone else will come. I'm telling you, they will. Don't. It don't. Got to get your eyes off of people. You have to. For me, I can't worry about it. I worry. I, it took me. It took me a long time not to worry about what my mom and dad says because they're in this church. But you know what? I got to a point I could not worry about what they said or like. I couldn't. No disrespect to them, but I have to answer to the Lord. Yes. That's who I have to answer to. And if I don't do what He tells me to do, if I don't do what He what walk He has me to walk, I answer to Him. I have to take the whooping for it. I can take a tongue lashing from them. That don't, you know, I mean, it hurts, but I'm okay with that. I'm much rather take that than I had with, with the Lord. He'll do it a little bit. Amen. Yes. I've done that, and I don't like it. Amen. And I won't. <laughs> I, I, not my apostles, I won't do that anymore. Amen. Many of y'all know what took place before we went to Africa, and I didn't speak when I should have spoke, and I regret every day. Every day. Hmm. Even though he told me it was a learning tool for me, I still regret I laid him down. I have to live with that. I have to deal with that. So now, Yourself, 
but up here on you, teach us like the Lord. Teach us like the Lord, do it. The walk will be much easier. But it is not. I know. I know this. I know yesterday when we sat in that time, I, I know. I understand. You don't understand all the pressures. You don't. You don't know all the pressures that you have. But when you do if you're doing everything you know that the Lord's gave you instruction to do, pressure's not on you no more. You hear me? It's up to the Lord to do it. That's why I told Lord, I said, Lord, I can't do it. I don't know what else to do. We come and pray when you told us to pray. If he if he had spoke prayer, we got in here, we prayed. If he told us to do Bible study, we've done Bible study. If he told us to, to have Wednesday nights, we started doing Wednesday nights. I mean, you know, so you do, you only can do what he's told you to do, and that's it. We're so used in the church to try to make something happen, to make it look like church. But don't teach them. This church and the LJ church is never going to look like church. It just won't. It just don't happen that way. Believe me, we want it to look like church. So we don't. We won't. <laughs> we want it to look like church because it may, you're like, oh, something's happening. Really, when it comes down to it, we really want God's will to be done. We want Him. We want Him to come forth in our lives, and we want to grow and mature in Him. And it's backed up to each individual. We can pray whatever comes out of this pulpit comes out, but it's up to y'all to take it and do something with it. I, you know, we, I, I, you can hear. I am. Heard so many words. You've heard, I mean, the wisdom come out of this pulpit. But you've got to ask yourself, what have you done with it? What have you done with it? And the Lord said He would do a quick thing. Not long ago, He would do a quick thing like that. But you just got to follow those instructions. You've got to follow the instructions. That's what people sometimes don't do. They want to do what they want to do on their time, the way they want to do it. And that's why you're no further than you are. And that's the truth. You choose when you pray. You choose when you come to church. You choose when you stay. You choose when you fast. You do not wait on the leadership of the Lord to give you those directions. And you doing it on your own is just another word. Not doing what the Lord tells you to do. My, yeah, I don't tell you, brother. I, it's just what was it in those 30, was it 30 days that we went into prayer? Yes. And I didn't have, I'm not sure if I'm right or not, 
that things I, I don't know if it was for here that it was for us to come here to pray. Yes. Is that, not, is that what he told us to come together here, together, yes. together to pray? Yes. Yes. I'm not mistaken. If you didn't do that and you prayed at home, you was in disobedience. Just say it. It's just the truth. You have to follow instructions. When the Lord gives you, do you think, let last thing that me and my husband wants to do is tell you to come to church another day that you don't have to be here. Because that means we're going to have to come too. You don't think we stay busy? Every one of us. I'm just saying. Not that we don't pray, not that we don't study, but I'm just saying it is time out of our schedule, just as much as it is in your schedule, to take time to come and do it. But when the Lord gives you instructions to do that, then that's what you have to do in that end of story. It don't matter. It don't matter what you want or what else goes on with your family or what. It does not matter. If you want to come forth, and that's the key. If. If you want to come forth. If you want this kingdom to come forth in your in your life, if you want him to come and reign, if you want to be reconciled back with him, you have to follow instructions that he gives. That's the end of the story. Nothing else to I mean, and if you if because because we cannot follow instructions, we're not going further than we're at. That's the, and, that, and that's based on each individual. Everybody has their walk. And, I, and you can say, well, your walk's not my walk. No, you're exactly right. But I will tell you this, is when he gives us instruction as I hold here in this church, it is your walk. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to do it. Or if you don't, that, that is your choice. The Lord's not going to make you do anything. Mm-hmm. He gives you instruction, and it's up to you, brother, if you follow. Just as a parent gives instructions, just like when we hear Christopher gives love instructions, it's up to you, brother, if he follows it or not. If he don't follow it, he don't get rewarded. He don't get to, I mean, I'm just saying, he don't do what he wants to do. So if you don't follow what the Lord tells you to do, he doesn't have to do anything else. It's by his grace and mercy that he does.
but an act of God has come down in this place. See the way the Lord moves. And I've taught people of body ministry. Just because God uses one vessel don't mean the service is over. That's right. We've seen God use a half a dozen different ministers. That's what a body ministry's got to be. God ain't put this thing on one person. God is bringing forth the body. And I'm waiting for people to get in here, get back from the restroom, get their self settled. Before I get into what the Lord was showing me in the spirit of Sister Patty was ministering. But you know, when we had the meeting in August 2019, I believe it was, I don't even remember now. But the reason I had that meeting was the Lord showed me a vision that I was ministering in the church. And I was speaking the word of the Lord. And then the scene of the vision changed. And people that were in that service, it's like they just disappeared. Sister Patty just told y'all, there could very well be some of you that aren't here this time next year. Because I've seen God move people. There's only two ways God moves you out of the church. You leave, or they bury you. You said, well, let me tell you something, a good friend of mine, 65 years old, went to bed Tuesday night before Christmas, never woke up. Never woke up. They rushed him to the hospital, put him on the ventilator, stayed on the ventilator about 36 hours. When they checked him, MRI and EEG, wasn't no brain activity. Took the ventilator off of him. Christmas Eve, about 3.30. He lived late, 45 Christmas morning. His wife said, just like there in the bed, like he was asleep this morning. Said, just like that, he was gone. Went to bed. Good man. Loved God. Done a lot to help people. But it was God's time. So you can't, it don't matter if you're 25 years old or right. 105 years old. God gets ready. That's it. God don't always let you know. God don't always let you know. But as Sister Patty was ministering, the Lord was speaking to me. And showing me the working of His Spirit. Where's Christopher? Can you hear me? As long as he can hear me. You, you get that? I think that's what it is. Yes. Do what I'm going to let you read. Y'all pay attention to what I'm telling you. You settle down, get your minds on the Lord, because there's an act of God working in here right now. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the works of my hands, command you me. Do you hear what that said? Yes. Ask of me things to come. 
concerning my sons. He said, it's concerning the words of my hands you command you need. God has been telling us for about three years now that the ministry of the Son of Man is stepping in the earth. You mark my word, if I be a servant of the Lord, if I be called into the apostleship of the Lord Jesus Christ to reveal His truth, right now, right now, the revealing of this takes hold and people fix the step into the created spoken word commands you lead ministry. I'm talking about 2021 ain't going to leave us. And I feel like just in the next few weeks, we need to step in to the command you lead. Command you lead. It ain't going to be something you just do. But when the Spirit of God moves on you, it's going to be commands you need. The works of my hands. Why? Because the ministry of the Son of Man, that ministry Jesus had when He walked this earth, is now going to be made manifest. God been revealing it. He's been revealing the Word of it. He's been revealing the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding. And now, that authority and dominion of the Christ now sets inside of us. It yes. isn't. Some of you should be surprised. Yes. Some of the fish is shocked at what God's going to do for you. The Lord told us years ago, told me two, three years ago, to watch my words. Yeah. He said, watch what you speak, because your words are weighty and powerful. That's what, the, that, that's what Paul said. He said, my words are weighty and powerful. But here's what the Lord told me. He said, when the time has come, that some of you ought to be teachers. You ought to be stepping in a place of authority in the ministry. He said, you have need that you be taught again. The principles, the first principles and oracles of God because you've not matured. Brother Michael, you take me in my word, man, as a servant of the Lord. The word different does not even explain the way God seeks to change your ministry and change your life. I mean, it don't even. God is this is so transform you and illuminate you. And I'm not talking about some five or six years from now. I'm talking about command you be. Man, this thing settles into you. The root authority and dominion of a resurrected Christ steps inside of you from this day forward. This thing is here. I'm telling you, it's here. There's an act of God. We've been waiting. We've been praying. We've been believing. We've been holding on. We've been seeking God. We've been fighting the faith. It's here. It's here. I'm telling you, those of you that will present yourselves and seek God and not get yourself all caught up with your daily. How many years have I told people daily prayer? Daily prayer, daily seeking God, daily relationship. When you come in under this word in 94, Dana, I was a man of prayer. And God taught you to pray under this ministry. Taught you to pray under this word. And it was something God told you, you daily. She was 16 years old. And 
lived in Russellville, Alabama, and if I was with a hundred miles, that girl would get in the car and drive. She was so hungry for God, so desirous of what God was doing, she would drive a hundred miles, and her, a 16-year-old girl, by herself, being in meetings and turn around, sometimes drive home at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Because there was a hunger, and God began to teach her to pray, began to bring her forth, and now the gifts and the anointings of God are beginning to manifest itself in her life. God's starting to give her dreams and visions. God's starting to give her a working of the Spirit of God uh, that, that some of y'all been sitting on this for yes. 40 years. You, you ain't seen it manifest yes. coming forth in you because you're not presenting That's yourself. Right. That's right. You mark my word, if I be an apostle of the Lord, the ministry of the Son of Man steps in today. It steps in today. Sister Pat, this ain't no longer. I hit or miss. This ain't no longer waiting for the anointing to come upon us. God transforms us. He takes us into command to me. He takes us into the creative spoken word. He takes us in to the life of the manifestation of the Son of Man. Hey, walk on this earth. Hey, minister how he healed, how he delivered. This thing is coming forth. It ain't waiting. It ain't slowing down. It ain't reversing. It ain't backing up. Sister Patty, it's here. I'm telling you, Brother Justin, this thing's here. Get yourselves ready for responsibility. See, the Lord spoke to me in Africa. What's going on in Africa right now? Got nearly 200 pastors. So I can teach you. Won't somebody come minister to me? And I was in prayer, in Kenya, and the voice of the Lord said, Say not yet four months. And then come the harvest. Harvest is right. We're the laborers. We're the laborers. He said, Laborers are few. They are one of y'all. God told you is called of God. Told you your ministry being American. This is true. Right. He's told you called of God. Let me start you here. Let me tell you some more thousands right now. I want somebody to preach to them. Minister, the truth. The truth. These brochures we got together on. Labor Day weekend, and six of us prayed and sought God for four days to put this doctrine together. There have been over a thousand of them distributed in Africa already. People begging for the word, wanting to know what truth is, wanting to know what to believe, wanting to know what to teach. And everybody that's read it, everybody that's searched it out, so, man, that thing's right online. That thing's right with the word. And you, I mean, you can't, you can't find no fault in it. There may be things that need to be clarified a little better. But for the uh, six of us to seek God for four days and put that thing together, they come out. And I mean, ministers in Africa took it, went up one side of it, down the other, and everyone come back and said, man, that's a good doctrine. That's a good doctrine. Yeah. You see, God's put it in some of y'all's hands. Y'all ain't bothered to look at it. Put 
preached in this church for 15 years. Preached in LJ for five. Print out five and six pages of notes. Every service handed to people. They take these home and study. People take them home. Some of them laying on the bench. Some of them laying on the chairs. Where do you go back and look what God was trying to reveal? Why would you call up? Would you call up the life? Would you call up the cares of life? Bible said the cares of life will choke. It'll choke the Word of God. And I'm telling you, if I know the voice of the Lord, I saw a sister Patty minister. I saw the Spirit. I saw the Spirit of God following you in a realm you never walked in. I saw that creative, commanding miracle. I saw it following you. I saw it following Brother Michael. And that's what the Lord spoke to me and said, You tell Brother Michael the word different does not even describe what I'm fixing to do in his life. I'm totally fixing to revolutionize. You talk about a prophet of God fixing a step in your midst. That ain't fixing a step in your midst as a prophet of God. And when that anointing hits him, don't be surprised because the Lord told him, He said, well, When that anointing falls on you, He said, I'll give you power to call fire down from heaven. I will give you the power. I will give you that word of Elijah. And, and, he, and it was in 2017, the voice of the Lord, and in March of 2017, the voice of the Lord stepped in my trailer in LJ, Georgia, at 3.30 in the morning. I was sound asleep. And the voice of the Lord spoke and said, The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And immediately God woke me out of a sound sleep. I got up, went down into the living room, and pulled up my Bible program, and the Lord began to speak to me. He showed me the ministry of Moses. The word of the Lord that was in Moses that, that killed those 250 that were with Korah. I saw, I saw God kill him. Do y'all realize what God done there in that 16th chapter of Numbers? I believe it is. How that whole thing was through, there was 15,000 people dead because they rebelled against the word of the Lord. This is the kind of God you yes. to see. This is the kind of God. Yeah. It was about a month later on my knees in the church. We were praying. See, I went to LJ and I tried to get people to pray. I tried to get people to seek the Lord. Do you remember the vision I had in November where we were on our knees seeking God and the Lord said the Spirit of God began to go out five miles in every direction and begin to convict people, heal people, deliver people, drawn to the church. And the church door was open in that vision and a man in a car pulled up in front of the church, rolled the window down. I saw him point his finger out the window and said, God in that church is real. There was such an act of God. And it's that Sister Kathy, because people have walked away, the word of the Lord still there. The word of the Lord still there. I don't care who's walked away. I don't care who's rebelled. The word of the Lord still there. Take hold of it, son. It's time. Take hold of this prayer. Take hold of this. Stand on your feet. I command a spirit of fasting to come back on you like it did when I met you in 07. When God changed your life and from 07 to 08. You dropped from about 280-something pounds down to 180 because of prayer and fasting. And it comes on now. Now God changes. God puts that burden. God puts that fire. God restores. God awakens. It's the earth. 
comes in in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sometimes we can't do it by ourselves. Sometimes we have got to have God change things. We've got to have God change things. But I'm telling y'all, the ministry of the Son of Man's here. It ain't coming, it's here. It ain't coming, it's here. The knowledge of it, the wisdom of it, the understanding of it. Somebody bring me my Bible. Please. The knowledge of wisdom and the understanding of it's here. See, people don't even know what the Holy Ghost is. You want to serve God? Get consistent. Every day. You can't be wishy-washy. You got to every day present yourself to the Lord. Every day pray. Every day seek God. Every day try to keep God's word. Y'all been in this church for years, and I've tried ever since. I know you to get you to be consistent. Get you to be steadfast and try to get you on God. Your ties. Try to get you to get in prayer. Try to get you to be in church. And you wishy-washy. Wishy-washy. Wish you wasn't why there's so much hell in your life, so much trouble, so much aggravation, right. so much vexation. Things won't go right. You won't do what God told you. Right. You won't do what God told you. I'm going to tell you something. This spirit is me. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care. I'm going to tell you the truth. I, uh, the Bible said I'd rather speak the truth in love than lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Are you hearing me? Uh, if LJ wants to come forth, they're going to do what God said. Uh, they're going to get in that church. They're going to pray. They're going to bombard the heavens. Uh, and God's going to send a spirit in their mountains up there. It's going to draw people and heal them and deliver them. Uh, because this is not a power. Uh, it's not my mind, but it is my, my spirit. Uh, Seth there's a heathen going in your body. That God's going to change your blood. He's going to change your, I don't know the words for it, but God's going to change your metabolism. And you're no longer going to walk and, and have this frigid, frigidness in your body where you get cold so quick. In Jesus' name, I give you a spiritual blood transfusion. And you're changed from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. And you do what God said. We don't do what God said. Y'all hear me? We won't just, we don't do what God said. We don't get in here. We don't pray. We don't seek God. I don't know what date the last Sunday. Of this month is. But you find me a place, because I'm coming up that Saturday night and I'm coming up that Saturday morning to minister. You find me a place today. And I'll be there. I'll be there at 7 o'clock that Saturday night and I'll be there at 11 that Sunday morning, the very last Sunday. And we'll be every Sunday, every Saturday night and Sunday, the first of the month, to be in this church to minister. So y'all just go ahead and get ready. 31st. Uh, the 31st. 31st. Is that the Sunday? Yes. So I'll be there Saturday night, the 30th, and, uh, and 31st Sunday. Every first Sunday of the month. I'll be here that Saturday night, and that's the first Sunday to minister. That's what the Lord told me in prayer yesterday. He told nobody, but I know when God speaks to me. See, that's one thing I know. I know when God speaks to me. Amen. I don't have to come ask somebody. Sister Norman, you think that was God that spoke to me? I know when God speaks to me. 
I know when the word of the Lord right. comes to me. That's the reason I'll post the word of the Lord online. I'll put it out in emails. I'll put it out and I'll prophesy. I'll put it on YouTube. I'll put it everywhere because I know when God speaks to me. Yes. And I don't have to back up and y'all mark my words. I don't know what's fixing to happen in this nation. I don't know if this nation's fixing to go in insurrection, rights. I don't know what's fixing to happen. But I'm telling you, I saw God uncover this thing. I saw God uncover the evil that changed this election. I saw God uncover it. I don't know when. I don't, but God's going to do it. And I was studying the word this morning. And in the book of First Kings, I can't remember exactly what chapter it was. But the last thing, it was seven. But the word of the Lord came to Elisha. And they were in a great famine. And Elisha stood in the gate of the city. They didn't have any food. They didn't have nothing to eat. The land was so with famine. Matter of fact, a couple of women came to the king and said, I and we and me and this lady lived together. We ate my baby today. We were supposed to eat her the other day. We were supposed to eat hers today. And she took her kid and hit The family was so full of us, so sore. People were killing their kids and eating them. And the word of the Lord came to Elisha. He said, tomorrow about this time, there's going to be plenty. There's going to be plenty. God spoke last year on 922 uh, 2019 and said, Well, the next president uh, is inaugurated. Uh, he said, You shall go into seven years uh, of natural and spiritual prosperity in America, and then it's going to hit the world. And the way things are looking, they ain't no way for it to happen on what's supposed to come in office. Y'all hear me? Lord said, one day I'm changing. Yeah. Right. One Hallelujah. day I'm changing. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Hold it, takes my hands. One day and I'm changing. Yeah. One day and I'm turning upside down. Yeah. It's God, I brought the word of the Lord that came on 425 19 when God said, I'm going to turn your government upside down. I'm going to turn your nation upside down. I'm going to shake churches. I, I'm going to shake ministers. I'm going to shake ministries. I, has God not brought that word to pass? Go back and get that prophecy and listen to it. There's a whole lot. In there. But the Lord told me this morning, He said, I, He said, quit looking at what it looks like. Quit looking at what it looks like. He said, One day. One day. See, I know what God, I don't sit out, I don't sit around and make these prophecies up. When the Lord spoke by me in LJ, Georgia 922, and told me that when the next president's inaugurated, beginning that very day. He didn't say when he's going to be inaugurated. Inauguration is supposed to be what, January 20th? Man, all these senators and congressmen get ready to protest this election. They can throw this in confusion for months. I've said, I've said uh, uh, for about a year now, I said, y'all may not have an inauguration in March. You may not have one in June or July. I said, I don't know what God's going to do. But I saw this thing before I went to Kenya. I saw the man that they say won one, and God turned around and took the cloak off of it. They saw how they did it. Saw how they did it, and, and they had to totally reverse. He may already be in office, but they had to totally reverse this whole thing. Totally reverse it. Y'all hear me? Yeah, they had to totally reverse it because they knew the man they said didn't win and won, and they somehow 
Are you listening to what I'm telling you? You said, Brother Betty Grinchel's talking about politics. Let me tell you something. The politics affects the spiritual condition of this nation. It affects abortion. It affects homosexuality. It affects morality. It affects everything going on. It affects the prosperity of this nation. And God said, one day, that's what he told me this morning. He said, one day, it's like that. I'll change it. I'll change it. Son of man, the ministry's here. It's here. Little Michael, get ready for us. It's here. You're going to start coming into something. Y'all hear me? It's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's time to start stepping up and take responsibility. Y'all hear me? And I started the ministry when I was 19 years old, fasting, praying, seeking God. God changed my life. And, and I'd go out on the street and preach. Preachers wouldn't let me in churches. I'd go on the street corner and preach. I'd go to jails and preach. I'd go to prisons and preach. And then uh, about uh, seven or eight years, five years after I got saved, I started going on the radio. And I started preaching on the radio. Over in a town called Rockmark, Georgia, Christopher Whitney, know where it is, because it's not too far from our house. There was a Christian station over there called WZOB. They were uh, Christian. Uh, they didn't have, I think they've gone country now, but they were totally Christian. I used to drive over every Saturday morning, fast Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, drive over on Saturday morning, preach live on the radio, wouldn't eat till I got through ministering. And, and God started moving. The word went out. Let me tell you something. The word's gone out now, I tell you. How many years was we on the radio up there? Three? At least three. And the word that I put out reached 17 counties. People stuck their nose up at it. They rebelled against it. They stiffened their neck, hardened their heart, and listened to it. Wouldn't come. Now, God's going to deal with L.J. Georgia. God's going to deal with Blue Ridge. God's going to deal with 17 counties up there in Tennessee, North Carolina, and all around that L.J. area because they stiffened their neck, hardened their heart to the word of the Lord. Watch what happens. If I be a servant of the Lord, watch what happens. If I be a servant of the Lord, watch watch what God does. Because God said, I'm going to shake. God's going to get just nation's attention. You hear me? It's in that prophecy in April last year. God said, I'm going to get this nation's attention. God spoke of earthquakes going 10, 11, and 12 points. You say, you're crazy. You haven't watched. I ain't never spoke so. I haven't come to pass yet. We had that rail right here on, in this platform. Had an opening right here. Had an oak rail that went to right here. And then it started back in on this side and went over here and there was an opening right there. And I stood right there in 2001. Right there in about April or May, maybe June of 2001, I said, I heard the voice of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt saying, this nation you're living in for me. I said, there's fixing to be an attack on American soil like Pearl Harbor. I said, it's going to be a sneak attack. And I said, thousands of lives are fixing to be lost. That September, y'all remember what happened. See, this don't miss it. Brother Meadow, my, this is this spirit don't miss it. This spirit don't miss it. This spirit don't miss it. And somewhere I think it was in February. I can't remember now. It was 2004, 2005. I stood right here and I told y'all. I said, I see an explosion in the heavens. I said, I prophesied when the space shuttle went up in 86. My wife was in the meet with me. I was on a fast about 60-something days. And the Lord took me into a vision. And I said, that shuttle explode.
road, and I thought it was an airliner because I see all I seen of it was the nose, the tip of the tail, the tip of each wing, and a big fireball. I thought it was an airliner. But you look at the space shuttle, you look at the nose cone, the tip of the tail, the tip of each wing, it'll look like an airliner. And when that thing went up, was it 86? Or, uh, yeah, because that was 85. Uh, it went up in January of 86, and, and I was at my mother-in-law's. That thing was getting a blast off where it spoke to me. said, watch, stop and watch. I read the paper. He said, stop watching my work come to pass. They went up and blew up. When I spoke, I think it was February 2005, I said I see an explosion in the heavens just like the space shuttle back in 86. And it wasn't just a few days that that space shuttle entered back in. I believe I'm right. Yeah. It was somewhere out. It was February. I can't remember. It was 04, 05, but it wasn't about a week. After I spoke it, I said, I see an explosion in the heavens just like happened with the space shuttle. Back in 86, that space shuttle making re-entry in either 04 or 05, it blew up. God is going to sign after sign after sign after sign after sign to this word. And people still stick their feet in the mud. Get mad at me. Let me tell you something. People ain't got nothing to get mad at me about except the word of the Lord. I don't fellowship people. I don't get around them. I don't go to their homes. I don't eat with them. If they're mad at me, they're mad at me at the word of the Lord. They're mad at me at the anointing in my life. You hear what I'm telling you? They're mad at me because of the way God speaks. And I don't sugarcoat it. And it makes people mad. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The word of the Lord's got to be spoken straight. Seems like I got a cell phone with a camera on it. Get ready to use it. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord spoke to me a month ago. See, this ain't up to me what, what y'all do with this. This is up to you. You hear me? Yes. Just it ain't up to me what you do with the call of God in your life. It's up to you. We all get discouraged. We all get disheartened. We all go through upsetnesses. We all go through things. There's one thing about me. I plowed. And that one thing slowed me down, hindered me, backed me up. Ninety-four, I stood up for righteousness. And I had preachers turn on me all over this country, shut doors on me. Wouldn't let me come preach. And I was evangelizing then. And God started opening brand new doors because I come against fornication, I come against adultery, and I come against evil in preachers' lives. Lord, give me a vision. He told me there was preachers that was in the pulpit preaching that were living unclean lives. He said, walk away from them, don't you turn back. Amen. I never did. Did I go through hell? You better believe I did. But I stood for righteousness. I preached a message. I was trying to think what it was. Can't remember what it was now. I appreciate it. Fall of 94. Sin in the camp. God spoke to me. He said, for sin in the camp. He said, you walk away from it. Don't have nothing to do with it. And I mean, preachers close their doors on me all over this country. Seriously. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get gas money to go, to go to a meeting if I had one. The Lord told me, he said, you just hold on. He said, I'm going to move for you. You hear me? He said, hold on. But I stood. I stood. I wouldn't back up. 
And one preacher called me and supposed to go to his church for a revival. He said, no. He said, I, I want you to come, but I don't want you to preach that message sending it to him. I said, why? He said, I think you're talking about a preacher that I fellowship. I said, well, if I preached on adultery and fornication, and I preached on the things that I preached in that message, and you think it's a preacher you're working with, I said, you better get you somebody else to work with. I said, I can come to church. I don't have to preach that message. And I went to his church, walked the aisles by the Spirit of God, called people in his church out, got healed them, delivered them, set them free. And I preached the word. I said, now you know where the truth lies. Because God moved. You don't shut this word up. You don't shut this word down. Y'all hear me? You don't do it. God can have me stand still for months on end. Just like this young man right here coming to meeting here. I hadn't seen him since he was two years old. I knew his mom and dad back in the 80s. And he said, Brother Metter, he said, I just seen people. And I told them I was coming up to uh, Fort Payne to hear you preach. They said, my God, where is he? We ain't heard nothing from him in years. God's had me on the backside of the desert. God's had me on the backside of the desert. But now the ministry of the Son of Man, the ministry that lived in Jesus, is now fixing to step forth and manifest itself right here. Some of you, you're fixing to step in. To the ministry of the Son of Man, the miracles, the word, the deliverance, the healing, the compassion, the mercy, the forgiveness. You step in. Come here, The Lord spoke to me over a month ago, and I told my wife to order me another Bible. There's a change, there's a transformation. There's illumination that people ain't even going to know who you are. There's such a spirit of prayer and a hunger for God falls on you, right? Now, that word, I don't know how long I've had that Bible, but there's scriptures marked in there, and God's going to bring this word alive in your life. Like, Hallelujah. What? Ah, you. And I you the Holy Ghost in a measure and real. You've never known Dream and I, the Lord, place my hand upon my life and I bring thee forth. I worry not about what people say, for this work is of me. The transformation is of me. And the word that I place in thy mouth shall come forth like fire. For even I, the line of the trial of Judah, shall roar out of thee, my son. And you shall speak my word. Hearken to my voice and give thyself to prayer. And study my word, and I shall bring thee into divine health, in thy body, in thy blood pressure, in thy weight, in thy joints. I shall totally heal, deliver, and transform, and make thee do. Say, Yahweh, God, Lord, Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do that a month ago. Do that a month ago. Sweet Lord told me, I, I told my wife, I said, I want to be two new Bibles. I know it's going to get him one. I don't know where the other one's going yet. <laughs> but it don't matter. God's in this place. How many y'all know God's in this place? Be prepared to clue. So I'm going to tell you, there's going to be two or three people have visions in this church. This church is packed out. People standing in the road. People falling all up and down. This road out here, down this road. They've even had a vision. The car's backed up all the way to downtown trying to get here. And God's working divine miracles. I mean, people's coming in twisted limbs. God was healing them. 
make it a whole deliver them. And I ain't talking about one person. I'm talking about three or four. He's had dreams. Matter of fact, one lady said I had a dream that I had to get to church because if I didn't get to church, I wasn't going to get a seat. The time she got to church, the people started standing out the door. Standing to the road. You tell me it won't happen? Yeah, it'll happen. You let the ministry of the Son of Man begin to work. You let what Jesus had, because everywhere Jesus went, they came. They might have come for miracles, but they came. They heard the word. Let me tell you something. You minister healing and delivering somebody that's dying, somebody their life is in shambles, life is in a mess, got totally delivered, some sets them free, they're going to come to the house of God. They're going to come to the house of God. God's just to move in love and mercy and deliver this generation. Because we got a generation right now that love God. Right. You hear me? We got a generation right now. See, my generation grew up in church. My generation grew up going to church. The generation of the young people out here in their thirties, a lot of them have been in church. A lot of them never been raised in church. They don't know about church. They've never seen a miracle. I was raised in miracles. I was raised in blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped. I was raised in people come out of wheelchairs off of crutches. I watched a man pray for a boy back in the 50s. I think I was six or seven years old. Uh, and the little boy had polio. He had one leg. I'm talking about six inches shorter than the other. One side of his body was smaller than the other. And he was in the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. And he set the little boy down in the chair and asked the mama, he says, I can take that brace off. And she said, yeah. She said, would you mind taking it off? He unbuckled that brace, took it She unbuckled that brace, took it off that boy's leg. That man reached down there, put his hand on that boy's leg, and that leg started growing. Started growing. Six inches. And then it not only grew six inches, that smaller side of his body, because polio played one side of your body smaller than the other. He started filling out. Right there before my eyes, and I was about six or seven years old, and I saw that. It put something in me. I said, God, that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to do with my life. I never wanted to be a, a famous individual. I never wanted to be an astronaut. I never wanted to be a sports figure. I never wanted to be a baseball player. I wanted to be a man of God that had gifts and anointing and take big tents all over the country. That's where I was going. And God stopped me in 2000. That's where I was headed. I had a tent in this side of the country that would seat four or five hundred. I was fixing to put one in Texas that seat six or seven hundred. And I was fixing to work between the two. And Lord said, start a church in Fort Payne, Alabama. I said, all right, I'll find somebody to pastor and I'll be there two weeks out of the month. And I'll just come in and preach faith and have miracles. It wasn't just a few days after that. Lord knocked me off the roof. Slowed me down. Stop me. Now, he didn't slow me down. It was a sudden stop. Because the Lord knew what he wanted. Amen. Put me pastoring here for 15 years. Woo, talking about being on the backside of the desert. Fight forces of hell and spirits. And that's all right. God's got a remnant. He's bringing out these people right here. he got a remnant. A remnant ain't everybody. You hear me? A remnant ain't everybody. A remnant so that will hang on. A remnant so that will fight for the faith. You imagine the Spirit of God getting in you and moving on you, and there's a Comanche faith. There's a spoken word ministry. I'm telling y'all, this happened. 
Yes. This ain't something we know 10 or 20 years down the road. This happened. I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 06. Uh, and me and Brother Michael went to India in 06 and 07. And I wasn't in India when I had this, but I, I, the Lord took me in a vision. I believe it was a vision. And I was in India ministering, and something happened. I needed to be home. It wasn't like an emergency. I just needed to be there. And I took a step, and when I took a step, I came from India and stood right beside my wife's uh, big recliner in the living room. Uh, and she didn't see me. And when I spoke to her, like scared to death. She said, man... She said, you're supposed to be in India. I said, I was. And I took one step, Sister Norman, I was in the living room. You said, yeah, this is, what we're, this is what we're stepping into. There's a transformation. There's an illumination. There's an illumination. There's a wisdom. There's a knowledge. Uh, turn your Bible to Isaiah 11. I was going to read that scripture, and I didn't give mine away. <laughs> That's all right, too. This is a perfect way to end these services. I mean, absolutely perfect. The way God moved through Sister Patty, and now what God doing is a perfect way. All right, I'm in Isaiah 11, verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Y'all see that? That's the Holy Ghost. That's what the Holy Ghost brings. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. The Holy Ghost brings all them things. All people have here lately is just a religious Holy Ghost. Now they think it's the real thing. They think it's the real thing. It's going to give them wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel. It's going to give them everything right there in Isaiah 11, 2, 3, 4. And I think it goes to about 5. God's going to give it to us. God's going to give it to us. Everybody ain't going to get it. You know why? Everybody ain't going to buckle down and seek God. Everybody ain't going to present their body. The Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice. Hold it acceptable unto the Lord. He said, that's your reasonable service. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't believe me? Read Romans 12 and, and, and 1. He said, I, I therefore beseech you by the mercies of David that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then he went on and said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may know, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You ain't going to know the will of God except by the Spirit of God. I mean, so many people mess up. They're trying to follow the will of God in their carnality. Right. They try to find what God has for their life and their carnality and their own desires. It don't work. Nope. Don't work. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of you predestined and foreordained. You don't believe in that predestination stuff. Well, you don't believe in most of Paul's writings. Either. Most of what Paul wrote... It's about predestination. About being, and he told us in, in Romans 8, and I believe it's verse 29, might be 30, he said, but you are predestined and foreordained to be conformed to the image of my dear son. Some of y'all are predestined foreordained to be conformed to the image of Jesus, of the Christ. Amen.
Paul said, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in me. Christ ain't even formed in people. Man, the church gone after entertainment. They've gone after... I mean, y'all, y'all may not like Jeff Foxworthy, but I remember when he first came out years ago, somebody sent me a quote by him here a while back. said, if your church has to have lights, smoke machines, mirrors, and music, and entertainment for you to make God's movements that you might need a new church. God don't have to have smoke and mirrors. You don't have to have praise and worship teams entertaining. We started back probably in 2013 or 14. Coming here and praying and seeking God. Come out of prayer and go right into the service. Never had the first song. There was one revival. I think we were here seven, eight days. And we had two songs the whole meeting. And we had one person I invited in to preach. And we come out of prayer. And I think I just took the mic and started exhorting. And I said, I'm getting ready to introduce this vessel. And I think my wife was standing beside me and said, Don't I go have a song service? She said, no. You can't have preaching without a song service. My wife and said, yeah, you can. You can't have a service without singing and worship. My wife said, just watch. She said, you better get ready. You better stand in the mic. And I had a lady text me the other day because I've been exhorting people. Get rid of all these formalities. Get rid of all these traditions. Get rid of all this stuff. Just get in there and seek God. Just get in there and bombard the heavens and seek God. Let God move. She said, Brother Matter, she said, I remember when you started this in one of your camping several years ago. And so the church I was going to at that time, the pastor heard about it and said, try to implement it in their church. And said, people put so much pressure on them that they had to, they had to let them have their singing. Yes, I'm just cut out of a different mold. I told y'all yesterday why everybody's swimming this way, I'm swimming that way. Sister, you're fixing to find the reality of God. There's been a cry in your soul for years to find the reality of God, find that the God you read about in that Bible, man, it's, it's like you've been through a jungle. Trying to weed things out and find the God of reality. But he thinks he revealed himself to you. And I see the Lord like reaches down and just wipes your eyes. And I see him open your understanding to the scripture. You're going to see with new eyes, hear with new ears, understand with a new. Whoa! And the Spirit of God changes things. And there's an individual in your life that needs deliverance. You mark my words. You press in to seek God and God reveals this. God's going to bring a great deliverance in your family. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're going to know this is right. Amen. You're going to know this is right. I appreciate the Lord today. Uh, Brother Michael, you got anything you want to add? I, I don't feel like I need to tear you anymore. I feel like God's had His way. I feel like God moved through Sister Patty. I knew God when I told Christopher this morning, my son, 
I said, I ain't got direction going for what God's going to do in this service. The other two services, I knew the word. I knew what God was going to speak. I knew how God was going to move. And I told him this morning, we're sitting in the living room. I'm going to drink a cup of coffee. And I, I told him, I said, I ain't got direction one. And I said, that usually means God's going to move and blow the lid out of it the way we ain't expected. <laughs> Boy, did he ever. Did he ever. Ain't God good? Ain't he good? Don't give up on me, you? I ain't give up on I just got to come when God puts that word in my spirit. Because I know there's so many people up there skipping their neck and hardening their hearts. If you take that word, y'all start praying. Y'all start praying. I don't care if it's just you and Pop. Justin, I don't care if you, uh, if you can get in there. Get in there. If you can't, how's it work? I understand. But you start praying for God to loose you. You start praying for God to give you finances outside of work. Open up your understanding. And see, people's got to... Some of y'all get mad at me, but I keep telling people, you give and makes all the difference in the world. You give it makes all the difference in your world, makes a difference in your life. You rob God, you don't do right in giving, it causes problems in your life. It does, it causes problems in your life. Well, Brother Metro, I ain't going to place church, and you better find a ministry you can honor with your tithe. And Lord said, you rob me in tithes and offerings. Your tithe go to the church, your offerings can go to missions. You can go to help. Amen. And I got a great big missionary burden right now. Right now. I mean, God dropped it in my hand. I can use $20,000 just like that. Yeah. We fix to buy some land, build a Bible school in Kenya. If the Lord don't stop me, He might. He might not. But see, just because we buy that land and build it, I don't have to go. God sent somebody else. Yes. See that word she spoke? Y'all may not believe it. I got I got 100% confidence in that word she spoke. Amen. Yes. 100% confidence yes. in that word she spoke. Because Amen. she ministered me in 2017. Said, Brother Better, you can start ministering online through the internet, live stream to other countries. 2018, we started ministering online. Right. She said, then you go to these countries, have meetings and establish churches. Right. Just come to pass in October 2020. And we was in Kenya for 30 days. And you've never seen the lives affected. Yes. I mean, I've been in India, had large crusades, 30, 40, and 50,000. Seen blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, lame, you name it, God delivered people. But see, God does something different yes. in Kenya. I want to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Yes. I didn't know the kingdom when I ministered in 94, 91, 94, 95, 93, whatever it was. I went to Kenya, I mean, India, three different years. Had great crusades. I mean, I went with some other missionaries to start with, but then I started having my own crusades. And I'd, I'd be in crusades over there, it'd be 100,000 people. I started having my own crusades. I'd draw 20, 30, and 40,000. But the Lord told me this time, He said, You get the church founded. You get a foundation under people. If you have open crusades, they get healed and delivered. They've got a church to go to. Don't just know, have miracles. Don't just go get folks to confess salvation. He said, you have churches settled. You have pastors ready. So that's why I'm going to go back and teach. I'm going to get a foundation on these pastors because, man, spiritually, things are a mess over as far as doctrine. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to put this doctrine out. Almost every preacher that comes to these meetings 
came and told the brother we work with over oh, 20, 30, 40, 50 of these pamphlets. I'm going to give them to my people. And this is what we're going to teach them. And that's what they're teaching. This is what they're teaching. They call me Apostle John in Africa because of the ministry, the difference, the power, and the deliverance. It made a difference in their lives. We can't even count the people, Sister Patty, that came said, you made such a difference in my right. life. That's right. God's changed. I mean, pastors came and told me, said, Brother Mary, you're teaching, you're preaching. It's transformed my life. We, we can't even count them. They came and said, my life's going to change forever. One man came to me. He'd been preaching 30 years. He said, I want to be an Elisha to an Elisha. I want you to teach me. Teach me things of God. Teach me how to. I want to know how to teach my people. In 1988, you saw that small plane, Sister 1988, I was in Martinsville, Mississippi, in a meeting, and I went into a vision. And I was standing in this great, big, grassy field, coming back to my knees. And I saw this long dirt road. It was dirt, and boy, they got plenty of dirt in Africa, we found out. Amen. <laughs> but this was dirt. It was smooth, but it was dirt. <laughs> They went in Africa. No. <laughs> well, this one was Some ones we went that one was We went. I'm telling you, sometime an hour and a half in time. I thought Rodeo was dressed as song all shook up all over again. But I stand in the field. And I looked down that long dirt road. Looked to be a couple hundred yards at least. And I saw a, a, a private jet, small jet, see about 10 or 12 people coming in. And I looked around me, and there was people standing all around me. I mean, I was watching it. I said, people standing all around, and they had on the, the men had on the robes. And they were primitive, and some of them had spears in their hands. And when that plane landed, it come to a stop. The door opened, and about three steps rolled down. And I watched myself step out of that plane into that grassy field in Africa. And this man, I mean, he, he, he looked like he's supposed to seven foot tall. He come, he knelt down at my feet as I stepped off that plane. Looked up to me with tears streaming at his face. He said, please, help my people. There was two or three hundred people standing in that field, men and women, but they had on the, the long robes. Long woman robes. And I can tell some of them were men because they had spears in their hands. Some of them were women, those children. But he said, he looked up at me in tears, just screaming at his nose. He said, please help my people. Please help my people. That was 1988. Look how long it took us to get there. Well, we had to go with the, the will of the Lord. We had to go to the Word of the Lord. We're planning on going back in August 2021. If God don't change my mind, if God don't turn us, but I still believe that Bible school is going to be built over there. I need seven, eight thousand dollars for land, about another twelve, five, ten or twelve thousand dollars to build a Bible school. Because see, all we're going to do is put up a a, a, a pavilion. We don't have to enclose it because they don't have that weather over there. They may have some rain over there, but we we put up a hundred foot long pavilion with metal on the roof and concrete.
concrete on the floor for about ten thousand dollars. You can't do that in this country. It costs you fifty or sixty thousand dollars to build something like that in this country. I'm gonna do it over there because they're hungry. God's gonna move. God's gonna meet that need. Yes. And that's why I'm asking every one of you, find yourself twenty dollars a month. Find yourself fifteen dollars, twenty, thirty dollars a month. Everybody can find five dollars a week. You can find ten. Send it to me. Send it to World of Bibles. So Brother Matter, I'm investing in Africa. You talking about God blessing. You talking about God start turning things. God smile on me. Bible plainly says, I believe it's Psalms 41. Said he that is it he that conserves the poor, he that remembers the poor. I can't remember. Somebody look it up for me real quick. I believe it's Psalms 41. The Lord will remember him. When? In a time of trouble. He'll make up his bed of sickness. In other words, God bless you. If you consider the poor, if you remember the poor, the Lord's going to bless you. Huh? I think it's 41 verse. It's right in the first couple of verses, I remember. Amen. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. There's your promise right there. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. Well, Brother Matter, I can't give. I got too many bills. I didn't tell you to get so many bills you couldn't give. And God's fault you dead up your eyeballs. You know, I have preachers from everywhere now touching base with me on Facebook, and almost immediately they want to know how, I, how I'm going to help them financially. And, and most of them, I tell them, I said, I don't know you. I don't know your ministry. I don't know your burden. I don't know what God's done in your life. And I ain't helping you to God speaks to me. Well, I got people in my church need needs food. I said, okay, get rid of yourself on the Bible, so. So I'm going to tell you, there's people over there that post pictures on Facebook making you think they went in the world. And all they're doing is waiting for that next doctor to come in their mail. And they ain't, they ain't preaching to nobody. They ain't preaching to nobody. They ain't coming to nobody. Now, I might have been born yesterday, but it sure wasn't last night. I've done learned these tricks. I learned those tricks in India. In 92 and 93 when I started setting up all meetings. I, I learned you better watch people. If they, they'll be telling you they need $10,000 to do something, you can do it for two. I went on mission field somewhere with one person and I was ministering. We come back to the motel. We was sitting around the table talking and they told me, said, I spent $37,000 on this mission. And we said, I got passed out. I said, my God, what you've done here, they charge you 37000 I could do for five in India. They said, really? I said, somebody took you the cleaners. And they'll do it. They'll do it. Because they think everybody from America is rich. And they don't mind. They don't mind trying to get money out of you. Matter of fact, they think it's your God-given right. But when God speaks to me about somebody... I'll help them. Amen. And there's some of y'all you can help. Don't keep your money to y'all hurt. Because I'm going to tell you, if God deals with you to give and you don't give, 
God knows how to get that money. You'll drop a transmission in your car, you'll blow up a water heater, you'll I've seen that too many times. I've seen that too many times. You see, I've taught people to faithfully give. Your tithe don't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. You may you may run on for months and you may run on for years and not honor God and you give it somewhere he's gonna meet you. It'll meet you. Y'all hear me? It'll meet you. And there's one thing I've always tried to be faithful to do is honor God in my giving. I mean, we went through some hard times. And, and y'all can't believe it. And I tell y'all, we had to make a choice between putting gas in the car and food on the table. There are times we didn't know if our lights were going to stay on. There's times we reached a place we can't change come to LJ. Nobody knew. I never said nothing to nobody. But I said, why'd you do that? Because God told me to walk away from my business, not do anything to make money, and learn to trust Him. That's exactly what I've done. That's exactly what I've done. But we went through some lean times. But God told us to trust Him. God told us to trust Him. Amen. It ain't easy. And I'm like Brother Michael, man, that when it comes to finances, sometimes i got to get in prayer. Because <laughs> the finances can get tough. It ain't like I'm out there on the evangelistic field again. When I was out there on the evangelistic field, Sister Pat, I was raising $100,000 a year for revivals and missionary work and doing things. I'm not afraid of financial responsibility. I walked under a load of $250 a day when I was evangelist to meet the needs, pay the bills. Had four or five radio broadcasts, had full-time help, had equipment, had two or three trucks out there, had to pay insurance on, insurance on the tents. And I was, I, 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 you know, when I first started back in the late 70s, early 80s, I carried a load of about $150 a week. I said, boy, God, I'll be glad you bless me and I'll get out from under this load. And as the ministry grew, the load grew. And in the, probably, the 90s, I was having to raise $250 a day just to pay the bills. But that's what the ministry grew to. And I was telling the Lord then, well, I'll be glad you blessed me and I can get out of it. <laughs> See, I'm not afraid of financial responsibility. The Lord tells me to go under a load, I'll go under one. Right. I'll go under one, I don't care, because I know God's going to provide. Yes. The Lord just spoke, just passed it, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I believe the word of the Lord, she spoke. Yes. I believe that little plane may be that private jet. You just don't ever know. Lady in Texas told me in '91. She said, "Brooke Metter." She said, "I seen God bless you with a new car and a twin-engine plane. See about 12, 15 people. Well, twin-engine plane come first, then I'll take the jet later. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. I ain't going up there and something just got one motor. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel that witness. I don't know. My face. I pulled up there. She's gonna have two motors. <laughs> But listen to me seriously. Don't keep your money to your own hurt. Because that's what Ecclesiastes says. People keep their money to their own hurt. 
invest invest in souls amen you can't invest in anything greater because when you stand before the Lord what's going to count is what you've done for souls and nothing else going to count there are people die all the time worth millions of dollars I think the Elvis Presley died they said it's worth 42 million dollars and his estate makes that more every year didn't do him no good that man went to hell, destroys a homing pigeon. Living with a woman, committing adultery, then slept with women all over the country when he was entertaining. Called of God, running from God. And maybe some of y'all wouldn't like that. But your sins find you out. Didn't do him no good to be worth $42 million when he died. Didn't do him no good for his estate to make $40, $50 million a year. Ain't going to help his soul one bit. So what's going to matter is what you do for the kingdom. What you're going to do for the souls of men. Amen. I ain't laying a treasure on this earth. I'm laying a treasure in heaven. When you give to help people can't help themselves. Those people work can't help themselves. Those people over there make $20 a month on average. We was in a town trying to buy something. And we finally had to let the folks... The natives go in stores and buy stuff because if they ever saw us, the price go up three or four times. Didn't break Michael. And we just had to let them go in and negotiate and come back out of the vehicle and I'd give them money and they'd go back and buy it. Because if we ever walked in, if it was $300, it was $550, $600 a time we walked in. But when we sat out there in that vehicle, I asked them, the man that was driving for us, I said, what do people here make on an average for wage? He said, two to five dollars a week. That's about 20, 25 dollars a month. Most of them are barefooted, live in small houses, dirt floors. They have to struggle. Sometimes to find something to eat, but it will take something happy. They got a good spirit. There ain't no bad spirits over there. I'm going to tell you, we didn't fight one bad religious spirit while we was over there. Preachers come together, want to work together, want to have meetings. I got preachers right now standing in line begging me to come preach to churches. Preachers over here shut the doors on their churches because they don't like this kingdom. They don't like the straightness of this word. Preachers over there standing in line for me to come. All I ask the Lord. You give me the finances. You tell me it's okay. I'll go over and live six months. I don't care. I don't care where God uses me as long as I'm in the mind and will of God. Amen. Let me tell you something. Everything you got belongs to God. Yes. Belongs to God. I don't know what you got put back. God does. I don't know what you can do. God does. Right. Amen. Right. But the Lord's dealing with you. Be obedient to His Word. You make your checks out to world revivals. It is a tax exempt or tax deductible donation because we are a non-profit registered charity <coughs> in the U.S. government. Have been since 1984. Good standing. You can go online. They have websites. You can go online check out charities. We've got a clean record. We've never had one complaint to my knowledge because we've always used money right. Amen. We've always used it right. So, do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. I've enjoyed this meeting. I'm going to tell you, God's kept this thing all good. Man, this thing is here. 
something stepped in here today. Something yeah. this lady's here. And, and some of y'all won't see it. The Spirit of God's going to move you. That spoken word's going to hit you. This will happen just like it did in the days of Jesus. It's not coming. It's here. If you sit here and be making this plea, and you don't hearken to the voice of the Lord, all I can say is, I don't know how you harden your heart. Amen. I can have plenty of money if I just put money back. I ain't never saved money. I've always invested money in souls because the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. My heart's in My treasure's in souls. Amen. My treasure's in souls. So, uh, I will say this. I've got a piece of land somebody gave me years ago, probably 30 years ago. I put it up for sale. I'm hoping I'm going to raise three thousand dollars off of it. Every dime of it's going toward this Bible school in Africa. Every dime of it. And if I can do that, and I can live by faith and trust God to meet every need every day, those of you that got money coming in, surely you can get under a burden to help. Amen. You can get under a burden to help. You go to our website, there's a cash app there. And you can get that way, but be sure whatever you do. And you want to make it tax deductible, give it to World Revivals. But if you just if you don't want to, you know, that's not what you do. And some people don't. Some businesses give just for charitable deductions. I'm fixing to ask businesses to help. People I know, any Christians in business, I'm fixing to send them letters. Because I know they do charitable giving. And if they don't give charitable giving, then you might well give it to me and let me do something for God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We say it. Come and honor the Lord and do what's right in God's eyes. And I greatly appreciate this word, the working in God's spirit. Hallelujah.